Welcome back to Telltale Dog, the podcast designed for information and education around our four-legged friends. I'm Elizabeth Silverstein, a dog trainer located in Little Rock, Arkansas. I started this podcast to share viewpoints, tools, and information from other experts. I want to help people make educated decisions based on what's best for them and their pets. And I wanted to thank everyone for their continued support of my little business. Technology has not been my friend recently, and I've struggled to complete some things that need a strong internet connection. Thank you for hanging in there, and you all have been amazing. This week, we're talking about embarrassment. I've got bruises last week that are finally starting to heal, and I've been joking about them because the truth about why I ended up with them is a little challenging for me to share. I'm a dog trainer, and a dog got the jump on me. Hi, I'm Elizabeth, and I'm here to launch a three-part series starting this week on embarrassment, which will be rounded out by a free ebook that will have additional information not included in the podcast episodes. I'll be sharing some of the things that have embarrassed me as a dog owner and trainer, and then I'm going to bring in two others. One is a dog owner, and the other has her own dog, and she's also a professional dog trainer. And they'll be sharing some of their embarrassments and how they developed management skills as a result. So... I'm a dog trainer. How is it possible that I've been embarrassed by any dog? I should know what I'm doing. Well, there are always situations that are unpredictable that may cause new, unexpected behavior. I've had my dog Jeeves since 2012, and we would go to dog parks all the time as long as there were low numbers and everyone got along. But he started doing something unexpected. Even before another dog touched him, he would start screaming. This meant I had to explain to a concerned dog owner that no, their dog didn't do anything. My dog is just a bit neurotic. He got scared. He also has a very high-pitched bark, and sometimes he'll use it to ask other dogs to play. I'd first heard of a dog bar here in Little Rock back in 2019, and my goal was to go first without my dog. I wanted to scope it out, see how it was run, and what to expect. I never ended up making it there on my own, but a few months later, I did get a job there. I needed something at the time to supplement my training income, and I thought, why not combine my server experience with my love of dogs? My dog would then get in free, so I took him on a day where we could go early and avoid any crowds, and I was anxious about it. There's a lot about dog behavior and dogs that can be unpredictable. I didn't know if my dog would do something embarrassing, but also, because I'm a dog trainer and everyone there knew it, I didn't know if my dog would do something that would cause other people to judge my ability and knowledge as someone who professionally handles dogs. And that's it, isn't it? At least for me. I knew my little miniature schnauzer has his quirks and he can do some silly things. There are things I simply don't work on him because how he is works for us and our lifestyle. And there are a lot of things I do work on with him because I know it's important for his health and mental wellness. I got him several years before I became a trainer and there's a lot I didn't do very well, things that became habit form before I developed any skill. And I worried that other people might judge me for those things too. He's an individual with personality as most dogs are. I had to learn how to stop allowing my fear of what other people might think get in the way of how I exist in the world. And with Jeeves, he's just silly, he's a little quirky, maybe a little odd. When I worked at a doggy daycare in 2018, I didn't bring him to work with me because I knew he wouldn't have a good time. He likes to play and he likes other dogs, but not all other dogs. And in a setting like the daycare, where they put so many dogs together in one room, I knew Jeeves would be struggling to find some control in an out of control situation. It's tempting to be embarrassed about that too. 
My dog isn't a cool dog. He's a dog with distinct personality and likes and dislikes. He's growled at people for picking him up. Also embarrassing. But he's never growled at me for picking him up, and we have a special cue for it when I do. Everyone else has done it without his permission, and he just let them know. It can feel particularly embarrassing when your dog doesn't really like other dogs or only like certain dogs or when your dog doesn't like all people or most people or just certain people or when your dog has triggers that have to be managed i get all of that i've experienced it not only with jeeves but with other dogs i've lived with he's the one that taught me i needed to advocate for him if i had told people not to pick him up he wouldn't have had to use his voice to do it doesn't have to be okay with just anyone grabbing him. I love this article written by my mentor, Nicole Skian. She's the owner of Philly Unleashed. It's from um, the Spot on Fence blog called Dogs Who Can't Play With Other Dogs. I'm going to link it into this description box below. Please read it when you get a chance. It dissects what to do when our dog shows us that they're not who we want them to be. She talks just about accepting the dog you have, and I couldn't agree more. Your dog has preferences and likes and dislikes, and trying to fit your dog into a particular box due to preconceived notions or even embarrassment isn't going to work. Your dog doesn't have to be the life of the party. Your dog can have a particular management plan. Your dog can have preferences. But then there are situations where a dog can be a little more unpredictable, like Maslow. Maslow had arrived at my sister's house in 2018 with issues. He had been returned twice after being adopted. He'd been dumped in shelters two times before that. But he did mostly well. I made a bunch of rules and we managed his reactivity. After about six months, I started trusting him more, but then two years later, I made a mistake. Inky had come to stay with me back in April. She'd been a dump dog, really sick with two different types of worms. She didn't seem spayed, but I wasn't sure. Maybe she was. I waited. Then I waited some more. By early August, she was in heat. My sister was out of town, quarantining in another state, and I had Maslow. He was not happy. He started targeting Inky, even though he was neutered. Now, humping behavior isn't always sexual. One of the biggest reasons is that they're uncomfortable or anxious. Humping, much like yawning or scratching, can be used by dogs to make them feel a little bit better about a situation. They can also be overstimulated and start humping because they don't know what to do. Think similar to the kid who's on a sugar high. Ah! When things get to be too much, a dog might try to do something that feels good to them so they feel better. Of course, there are other reasons too, like they might not be neutered or they're acting on an urge, but Maslow is neutered. It's possible he was neutered later in life as he was a rescue. We're not sure when he got his surgery due to his past. In any event, it was odd. I tried to keep them separate as he would try to mount her. Then when I was taking him out, along with my sister's partner's dog, Sonar, the look in his eye changed and he jumped me. I was jumped by a dog one other time when I was volunteering at the local shelter dogs and train them, recording video to share some of my training skills and to see if I could get them some more attention on their journey to finding their forever home. One day I pulled an unneutered dog who was pretty new to the shelter, and as soon as I took him off the lead, he grabbed me. The best way to explain it was that he used his front paws to latch onto my leg and hold on while he humped. I ended up with about three minutes of video of a very large dog humping me while I tried to get him off. I deleted it immediately. It was horribly embarrassing. I'm a dog trainer. I should know how to handle dogs. And suddenly, Maslow was grabbing me too, but this time onto my arm, giving me massive bruises on my left arm and bruising up my right arm set too as well. I was able to stop him and get him in the house, my heart thudding. I managed the behavior for two more days until he jumped me again. And he's not a little dog. He's a 93 pound dog. 
but when he jumped me this time, my sister's partner was home, and I was able to yell for him, and he grabbed Maslow. Again, I was pretty shaken up and horribly embarrassed, now with bruises on top of bruises. Ended up scheduling with Nicole to talk about him and what to do. Sometimes even trainers need trainers. As the owner of Philly Unleashed, she has about 20 years of experience on me, and she's worked with a lot of dogs like Maslow. We worked through that there was definitely some puzzling aspects to his behavior, which seemed to have some roots in anxiety and even having large reactions to stimulus. This has all been true, so our management plan became work on redirecting him when he has reactions and other reactivity in general. He's usually at the front window watching, so it would be imperative to start redirecting him when he does get reactive. Another important part was to build up communication tools in general. When dogs are unsure or have some anxiety in their situation, they may make choices that aren't the best choices. I needed to give him some working tasks to do instead of just reacting when he doesn't feel good about the situation he's in. This includes his reactivity on walks as well. Overall, it means that Maslow and I have to get to work. The tools I'll be using for him include look. That just means look me in my eyes, away from a distraction. Touch, which means touch your nose to my hand, away from a distraction. Attention. Come around my le right leg and through my legs before sitting and looking up at me. This helps use our bodies to gain some distance away from a trigger. And honestly, it looks pretty intimidating to discourage anyone from just walking up to us and trying to pet him. And behind. This asks the dog to get behind me and use my body as a barrier between him and any triggers. I may add some more as we go along, or I may adjust in general. Even last night when he was getting overstimulated, I had to get him off the couch where Cushion had been the target of his affections, ask him to lay down on the floor next to me, and then I reinforced that position by tossing him treats as I worked on my computer. He did not exhibit any behaviors the rest of the night. I'll share some photos of the bruising in the blog post over my website, telltaledogtraining.com. That's T-E-L-L-T-A-I-L dogtraining.com. I've got some more interviews coming up that continue the theme, and we'll be looking at a few more people, speaking with them who have been embarrassed by their dogs and how they've managed the behavior. If you've got any questions, weigh in below, shoot me a message at info at telltaledogtraining.com. This has been Telltale Dog, the podcast, with your friendly neighborhood dog trainer, Elizabeth Silverstein of Telltale Dog Training. Music has been provided by Jim Chiago of 7 Second Chance. Find more on iTunes and Spotify. Tune in every week for another episode of the podcast, and thank you for being here.